back to another episode of the King's Pulse podcast presented by the King's Herald. My name is Brendan Nunez, and today we're joined by Jill Adge of the Ethos Kings podcast and one of the best basketball minds on King's Twitter. What's going on, Jill? How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Doing good. Yeah, thanks for joining me. Um, Always good talking with you. We're recording right after the Kings lost to the Chicago Bulls, 125-118. The plan for today is to kind of, you know, this is the last game before the trade deadline. We've seen um, four games, I believe it is, of DeMontis Sabonis and Justin Holiday, and now three games of Dante DiVincenzo um, and Trey Lyles and Josh Jackson fall into that as well. Um, so I think the plan today is to just kind of see, uh, talk about what we've seen from the new guys since they've been acquired. And, um, you know, it's going to be a lot of small sample size stuff, but I, I think it's interesting to note some of the differences because I, I think there are things that stand out. Um, and the first thing I want to ask you, like at the end of this Bulls game, they look like they were out of it. I mean, realistically, they were out of it. I think they were down, yeah, they were down 10 points with two minutes left. And it even, you know, they had some ugly turnovers, I think, after that. But they kept fighting through that and and gave full effort until the very end. And am I, like, crazy for being optimistic about that? No, I feel like two weeks ago they would have gotten blown out. Like, it, there wouldn't have been a fight back. I mean, you would have had – you would have seen guys put up, you know, the some flashy stats. Um, but that – you wouldn't have seen actually a, a fight back, even with less than a minute. I mean, they had a couple threes they were still, you know, throwing up. Um, I can see we were asking what prior to the deadline, like, show me you care. I can see these guys being pissed off and like caring. Um, unfortunately, it's just not translating, but I'm not crazy disappointed they lost to the number one (laughs) the number one team in the east like I think a lot of people um because I saw this earlier on the timeline like as soon as you know people look at who's out um they automatically think oh the king should win because you know the bulls have players out but like they've had players out all season and like their main guys like over like you know multiple months worth um and at least like with uh, Caruso and Ball, it's been over a month. I mean, obviously more with Caruso compared to Ball, but Ball's been out for over a month now. Um, Levine was pretty recent, but they're seven and three in their last 10. Like they're one of the top three point shooting teams in the league. They have DeRozan who has like five straight 35 plus, you know, point game shooting 50%. And then you have, you know, Vooch like damn low like I mean they are a good team and so um to me like you said it was they stayed with them and there was fight there um they were getting good shots I felt like um I I wasn't you know upset at the shots and I think I saw I think Will put put this stat up he comes out with the crazy stats that um there's only been like 15 losses this season of of team shooting over 50% from the field and over 40% from three. Um, And the Kings have four of those 15 losses, like, you know, but the Bulls did everything better. You know, they did good on, I mean, they hit it mark for mark on, on offense and they played a little bit better defense. And so um, sometimes that's all that, you know, 
that's all that matters for, and that's all that's going to matter for the Kings, unless you really start turning something around on the defensive end. Um, everybody else is, is just as good, if not better. Like, yes, I think we improved some talent, you know, but to me, this was never like a win now thing. Um, I, I know a lot of people felt that way, but to me, this was just step one. Like you solidified, you made it clear who you're essentially two guys, maybe a third and Harrison um, are going to be, but everything else now is, um, is wide open. And so uh, it, it's going to be up to Monty to hit on those follow-up steps to make, you know, step one worth it. Um, but I also think these 21 games are just as much of a, uh, um, a tryout essentially, you know what I mean? For everybody else, because there are so many guys um, coming off of, of contracts or on team options, things like that. And so um, it it was interesting. We saw Lyles a little bit today Um, in the first half. We didn't see it in the second, but I was wondering when that was going to happen. And he actually did okay when he came in, like it wasn't, you know, he had a couple baskets and stuff. But the sucky thing is, is if you have Rashawn Holmes out there for 10 minutes and he's giving you just two rebounds, like it's either you're going to have to go to Jones or Lyles or someone else um, if he can't figure it out. Like, I don't know how long um, you roll with it because I know he has stuff going on, you know, off the court and everything else. Um but mentally, like if he just needs to sit and, you know what I mean, and, and get right with everything else that's going on, you know, the team might have to go that way. But, um, yeah, I, th- they yeah. had, what, at least four or five drop passes, like right in the middle of the paint under the basket. I mean, just there was a lot of those you know, in the Brooklyn that, game. That too. Were good pass- yeah, that were good passes, but literally just hit brick hands. Um, and it's not just one guy. There's It's happening to, <laughs> to multiple of them. Um, but to me, that's, that's kind of the bright spot is like, I, am seeing the movement and I'm seeing the cuts and I'm seeing them, you know, get good passes in there. They just have to catch them. Like to me, that should be the, the easiest part. Um, you know, everything else you did to get up to that point was all the work now just catch it and finish it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't too disappointed. I know, you know, just. King's timeline always can can get kind of crazy, and so uh, um, definitely can. Like you said, I I was happy that they 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 made it a game and continue to make it a game against you know a team who's going to be fighting for the championship. <laughs> so yeah, and uh, DeRozan's playing like an MVP. Um, literally, some unguardable shots that were ridiculous. He's just a mid range assassin where it's you know, uh, DiVincenzo and Mo Harkless with a hand in his face and it just does not matter. Um, DeRozan's yeah. hitting ridiculous shots. And even Al- Alvin Gentry said post game, he's like, listen, like, I think that we could have done a better job slowing down Kobe White when we were doubling DeRozan. But when it comes to DeRozan for the last two weeks, teams have thrown anything and everything at him and none of it has worked. Um, and he's very right in that. Um, defensively, since the deadline uh, or since these moves that they've made, right? They, they beat the wolves, they beat the wizards, and then they lost to the nets and bulls in back-to-back games. Uh, Not, not back-to-back nights, but back-to-back games. And I I think that we've seen growth defensively. Like what stands out to me, I I don't think Sabonis stands out as a defender. 
um, which is a, actually a good thing because he doesn't stand out negatively either. Like I, I think that he's just a fine average defender while he's out there. And, and that's all you need from him when he's giving you ridiculous offensive production. Right. Um, I think the difference that I've seen that's been really notable is like their perimeter containment. Right. And we heard Alvin Gentry talk about it. We heard him earlier in the year talk about all the time that they really struggled in that aspect. Like obviously Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton fall into that. De'Aaron Fox falls into that. Um, but you get rid of two of those guys and instead you're just giving more minutes to Davion Mitchell, who's been really, really good recently, by the way. Um, I should pull up his numbers here because his offensive growth has been phenomenal as well. But um, sticking on the defense for a second here first. He is getting more minutes, so that adds to the improvement in perimeter containment. And then you've also seen Dante DiVincenzo, who is very versatile defensively. Alvin said that he thinks he can guard one, twos, and threes, which I think we've seen already um, in these three games, I believe it is, that DiVincenzo's played. We see a lot of more of uh And then even the two of them together, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and that that duo is like and, – and, and when you have like Harkless out there, it's like all of a sudden – there's some possessions where I'm like, whoa, that was a really good defensive possession. And you would say that here and there throughout games earlier in the season, but it feels more often that I'm impressed with the defense and it's a full 24 seconds. Um, yeah, I guess let's let's stick on the defense for a sec. Like, have how impressed have you been with some of those changes? Because I think we are coming from a really low starting point. Um, and how much of a difference does it make moving forward? Because yeah, again, you're coming from a low starting point. Like how much better do you think this team really is defensively right now? Um, I mean, I don't necessarily know if you're going to see it in the numbers, but I think communication wise, it's, it's pretty night and day. Um, and we've seen a lot more possessions of guys seemingly on a string, which is right. Always what you want. Um, I wish I would have counted in the last couple of games how many possessions got to the last, you know, under five seconds, um, you know, of where it was legitimately good defense. And then, you know, the Nets or the Bulls ended up still getting the basket with with under five seconds left just on a um, on a good shot or a lucky shot. But the fact that they're even to me. It's a small bar, but the fact that you're containing guys, like you mentioned, longer into these possessions is progress. Uh, I think you can see a noticeable difference when Mitchell and um, Dante are are on the floor. And at least in four games, their numbers speak for themselves when you're looking at um, anything from a three to five man lineup um, with when either one of them is in that lineup, the numbers are pretty night and day compared to um, when they're off. So, and to me, that's, you know, kudos to them of being put again, right. in in weird and new situations and continuing to show out on that side of the ball. But I also think that's um, it's, that's a good example for, for everybody else. When you see guys playing hard like that, it's very noticeable when you're not um, even when you have a 32 year old, Justin holiday, like, that's one of his things of, of his career was he was always three and D he's, you know, towards, I don't want to say, I, I don't know how long he's going to be in the league left, but he's been around um, for a long time now. And, you know, he still says he thinks he has enough for another, an extension and, and, and um, 
but he's still showing those three and D numbers, right? He was what six of eleven from three today, um, and and he'll give you good defense. You've seen Mo, right? His offense is always off and on, but he's out there playing defense, and he had some good plays on DeRozan, um, but wasn't you know wasn't getting help from the calls or anything. But um, yeah, I I think the length has helped again. Um, you're seeing steals, deflections, you know, again things like that. To me, it doesn't look like anyone's completely lost where we've had, you know, a lot of the season where it looked like guys were lost out there on that side um, of the ball. So, again, like not, I mean, it's not huge, crazy adjustments, but to me, at least it's a step in the right direction um, of of what they're trying to build. And even if you're going to lose, you're still trying to build that foundation of this is still how we want to play, regardless of what the outcome is going to be. Um, if you can see that progress there and at least can show something for it, I think that goes a long way than just, you know, tanking and, and looking like with nothing to actually build upon. Um, I, I, I'm fine with them losing. I'm fine with going for the 10 and I'm fine with losing these kind of games because I still think they need that talent. Right. Um, and however it's going to come. You know, the Bulls showed you a, a completely different way that you can build a team in in a season, but you have to be able to actually land um, those players. And that's, you know, not easier said than done. And so it's easier said than done. So, um, yeah, it's it's progress. I feel like um, we've seen some good uh, fourth fourth quarter kind of like clamping down on defense compared to previous games where before, you know, at least leading up to the deadline, like we said, there wasn't going to be in a fight and and we had those like 30 point blowouts. These ones were actually seeing them fight in it and, and lock down a little bit, you know, harder on defense into the fourth and which is what good teams end up doing. So again, like anytime you can have those kind of, uh, you can start showing that consistently um, right. that's, that's progress. And I think that's still overall the biggest weakness of this team is consistency. And, and that's going to be hard when you have six new guys, um, depending on who's going to play any given night. But if they can find any kind of consistency, that's going to go a long way for them offensively and defensively. Yeah. Alvin said that they don't get to practice until Tuesday, uh, per league rules which uh, obviously is a little unfortunate with having six new guys, but I think that they also can use the break. Like Justin Holiday, for example, said he hasn't seen his family in a while since he's been traded. And I'm sure guys like uh, De'Aaron Fox, who was dealing with that lingering ankle thing, um, which, you know, had, I, I think some people were questioning a little bit, um, but he's he's had ankle injuries in the past. And I think it's just good for guys to get a little bit of a break, right? Like Davion Mitchell didn't play tonight. Um yeah, and he had this uh, right-hand contusion, I guess, that was going on that Alvin said if it was like a really big game, we would have put him out there. But I think that this is one before an extended break. It just didn't make sense to risk it, um, which which makes a lot of sense to me. Um, so I, I get where they're coming from there. And, and to stick on Davion a little bit here, these last 10 games we've seen from him, like it, it's funny. It felt like I went on 1320, uh, D'Lo and KC and kind of was like you know I feel like we're at a point where maybe we have to question 
it was his senior season at Baylor an outlier shooting because he, he was shooting the ball really poorly earlier this year. And the last 10 games, since he moved into the starting lineup right after their loss in Boston, um, he moved into the starting lineup in the last 10 games, 16.1 points for Davion Mitchell, 4.6 assists. Everybody's talking about the scoring. The passing jump has been really impressive from him too. Um, and that's on 45% from the field. 39% from three on just under seven attempts per game. Um, and he still doesn't really get to the free throw line or, or honestly convert when he does. Um, but that's just not exactly a part of his game right now. But like the offensive jump we've seen from Davion, it, it doesn't exactly feel like anything that's streaky shooting or unsustainable or anything like that either, right? I don't think so. And I just keep going back to this is his second year with his new shooting form too. He used that whole, you know, off, off year of his, when he had to, um, when he ended up transferring schools to, he said, completely change his, his form to, you know, do whatever he had to do to, to get to the league. And so um, I just keep thinking that way. And, and we've seen guys in the league, like the Lonzo's right of the world in the last you know, couple seasons completely changed their, um, the foundation of their shot and, uh, and the mechanics and, um, and, and find consistency in the league. And so, and, you know, and from what everyone said, like, he's such a hard worker, you know, he's, it just feels like he's going to do whatever he has to do, um, to make it work. And I think a lot of it too is, him kind of learning and adjusting and, you know, the, the tricks, you know, of, of what he can pick on of, of what works maybe with his style um, and getting the minutes right. And, and getting the touches more so than um, he was getting before. I also think there's maybe more of a trusting and a confidence there that maybe, you know, as that, that builds as it goes, but yeah, it doesn't seem like it's, anything that's not sustainable because it's not I mean he's doing everything within the flow of what he was kind of doing before um except maybe a little being a little bit more aggressive but that also comes with opportunity um but he's doing it within the flow of everything which is which is cool and you're seeing um kind of a pairing with him with Sabonis as well and so I think that's you know good going forward and then the pairing with Dante if that um can be sustainable um it's I'm happy for him because it's, you know, like we know the defensive side is there and and the biggest question mark was, can the other part be consistent? And so um, within the last month, it's been there. And so I'm looking forward to seeing how the next 21, um, the next 21 games go. But um, he, he seems to be impressing a lot of people, not just here, but around the league and, and what they're seeing. Um, so. Yeah, um, I, it's really encouraging to see. Uh, Mark Schindler wrote on it earlier today. I think he put it out um, when we're talking about this today, and everyone always always read Mark Schindler. We had him on the pod recently. I want to say it's M. Schindler NBA. I hope I'm right about that, Mark. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think you've definitely seen the improvement from Davion. Like, I asked him at a practice earlier this year, I think when the, start, when the shot was kind of just starting to go down a little bit more often, and he said at Baylor that, um, he was kind of getting ignored sometimes from the perimeter, but at some point it started to go down and, and a team started paying attention to him. And, and once he, you know, I think it's a big mental thing when you're getting ignored on, um, on, on offense and where teams don't care about 
defending you when you're on the perimeter. I, I would assume that that really messes with your mental. I think we've seen that at times with Chemesi Metsu, um, at times with De'Aaron Fox. Like when you're wide open, you hear often that like that's the hardest sh- shot to hit. And I, I think that once you start to get a little bit of a rhythm and a confidence is kind of what we're seeing with Davion at this point and him emerging on offense while still being the contributor and difference maker, making an impact on defense that we've seen him be already in his rookie season. And it's like, I, I, I know we talk about, for good reason, him being older, uh, 23 years old coming into the league and how that maybe changes his ceiling or his projection when you're talking about um, what to expect from him and, and how it, what it means for him going forward throughout his NBA career. Like it is important to factor in, but I think that there is an aspect of like, this is his first year in the NBA where there still is a lot of growth that you're going to see in Davion Mitchell's game. It's like, I understand the age factor and it's important to mention, but there is growth that you're going to see from Davion. You're already starting to see. And I think there's just going to be more as time goes on. Um, And I do really like his fit with Dante DiVincenzo, like you pointed out. And I I want to ask you a little bit about kind of all three of these guys, but more so DiVincenzo and holiday, because um, both of those guys are really good defenders. I think they're the difference in why we're able to say that the team actually has these moments of really good perimeter containment compared to what we saw um, five games ago, even. But sometimes the shots are a little much for me. Um, I, I like the shooting that we're getting. Um, I think that they both provide a high level of shooting that this team really, really needs. But sometimes it's a little streaky and I get bothered by the shots when you're like kind of open and there's still 15, 18 seconds left on the shot clock. I'm like, did we really need to be pulling that? Like the team really, really needs spacing around Fox and Sabonis. They need as much shooting as possible. And it's clear there's not enough at times right now, but sometimes the shooting's just a little bit much. Yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. Um, And I want to say, I don't know. I don't know if it was, might've been James might've been ham that said that Dante like was on the court and asked Gentry, like, do you want me to keep going? Like, or was that okay? And he's like, well, were you open? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, well, okay then like go. Um, But I want to say part of it, I think for him is because he's, I think this was what game 19, 20 of the season for him that he probably has the, more of a green light than anybody else just because they're trying to get him maybe finding a rhythm or just getting the shots up in general that he didn't get, you know what I mean? To, to start the season. Um, but with the others, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I'm not a big fan of, of early in the shot clock, unless you're getting what, like a, an open lane, open layup or, you know, a dunk or something like that. But I even feel like there are times where, Sabonis has it in the paint, right? And I want him to be more aggressive rather than throwing it back out. But his mind, he's probably like, well, there's still 15 seconds left. Like I can throw it back out and, you know, and move it back around. Um, But there were times where I was like, oh, you could have, you know, hooked that over, over Vooch. Like Vooch defense is not necessarily what he's known for. Um, So there were times where I thought he could have been a little bit more aggressive rather than than passing it out because I do think our wings are not shy necessarily on, um, on getting the shots up. And I guess like, I mean, tonight, um, 
Holiday was what, six of 11. And then Barnes, I think, was around 60. I mean, I think you yeah, two Fox of three up there. Yeah. Um, uh, Barnes, two of three. Uh, Fox had five, what, five threes. Dante had shot five. Mezzi had yeah. four. That's where, like, where I think where Mezzi shines when he's cutting when he's going yes. to the basket. Like to me, I love, I love that part of the game for him. Um, but yeah, but, and it's interesting. We only got one game of, of Jeremy lamb. Like I'm really curious when like they put him back, how he's going to fit into this, like whose minutes is he getting? I, I, because he had a decent first game. Like yeah. he he missed some shots early, but then kind of got hot and actually had some good assists, rebounds. Um, yeah, and then I, he's I'm been really out since with this like Gentry's left ankle soreness. Work this, yeah. And I mean, again, who knows if that's and he's had his injury issues right previously, and so they said that they wanted to take it into the All Star break and and have him heal up. And whether that's genuinely true or if they're trying to get minutes for other guys, I don't. I guess we'll find out. (laughs) Um, But I was thinking about that today, uh, you know, watching the last two games um, because it seems like they just threw Dante in right where the tech, you know, basically where he was. Um, Yeah. I mean, honestly, I would, I, I I don't want Fox getting 40 minutes a night necessarily either. Like I don't want to over overplay his health either at, at this point. Um, yeah, and, and when Davion is active, I think like you won't see quite that extent. Yeah. To me, it's kind of I mean, the Met two minutes are a little rough. I, I I agree. He's he's been really good as a cutter, and I think Sabonis obviously um enables guys that are good at that. Um to me though, like if I'm trying to find a spot for Jeremy Lamb, it's weird and you're very yeah. small, but I almost am eating away some of uh Chemezi Metu's minutes in my mind. Yeah, and and I'm on, I'm am surprised they haven't tried Lyles more than they have um already and maybe that's something that's coming. But just based on his rebounding and his his defense at the rim is actually a lot better than I thought going into it. Um he's in like the 70 or 80th percentile in the league when it actually comes to um, guarding at the rim, <laughs> at least in his right, the minutes he's given. And so, I mean, this is where I would use these 21 games to throw guys out there and see what you have. He has a team team option next year. Like, what do we have? He can stretch the floor. At least he has shown in five seasons of the league where he was shot over 35% from three. Yeah. We need some spacers. And he can Why not rebound. see if he, right. Why not see if he can work with, with any of these guys? Um, so I know, like, I know we got five minutes of him today and he was two for two from the field and two rebounds in, in five minutes. Not, not that bad. I mean, unfortunately, his, his five minutes were better than Rashawn Holmes, 10 minutes at this point, which like at the beginning of the year, I would have thought would not have been possible. Um, and I feel ba- like, again, I feel bad because I know he's going through stuff um, off the court just as much as on the court. But again, like at, at some point I'm, I'm wondering when they're going to start trying other things. And, and especially cause Damian Jones was actually playing really well. I mean, that's, yeah. 
he he was showing he was earning those minutes too. So um it's it's gonna be interesting for Gentry to see how uh the rest of this is gonna go. Yeah, definitely. Uh totally with you. Damian Damian Jones was playing really, really well, like you said, um, prior to the Sabonis edition. And uh I mean, to be blunt, was out playing Rashawn Holmes. Um and you know, I, it wouldn't surprise me if if there was an aspect. Um, I've kind of heard that there is an aspect of like the front office feeling like Rashawn Holmes does need to be out there because he can't just completely lose any sort of trade value. I would assume that they are going to try to trade him at the deadline. Um, that's just, I mean, sorry, not at the deadline in the off season. Um, and I, I still think that there's like he should be viewed as a good value contract um and but you are risking that no longer becoming the case um yeah but it's a weird situation this, this is where my thing too it's like we see teams tank and sit guys all the time so to me like him even sitting to me doesn't even show that he's losing value at this point like to me if you don't know what he is already i i mean like i don't i don't know what else you need to see um yeah, I guess it'd be just I like just a know these thing. games aren't helping, right? Like seeing him 10 minutes off the bench, all you're showing is that that's not working right now. Um, but we've seen a completely different person when he's starting. So it's like, um, I don't think this is necessarily showcasing, you know, his his best attributes. I think to his two years that he started here, to me, showed the best of, of what he did. And then you saw him come off the bench in Phoenix, right, and succeed. To me, that's what Rashawn Holmes is, not this – injury riddled like you know just he's just never been able to get a a a flow going and I don't even like playing with the goggles like I I mean I don't know if that's messing with his eyesight like because all of a sudden he can't catch the ball and that's not normal for him either um so I just know at this point yeah it's it hasn't been great and when you look at the previous games from Damian Jones I mean it's 12 points, 17 points, 7 points, 18 points, <laughs> 9. Um, and, and he's giving you rebounds. So, yeah, And he's a lob threat. It, he's protecting the rim. Right. So, I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, he, there was a good stretch where he was averaging almost two blocks a game and yeah. almost one steal. So, when he wow. was getting, when he was getting his minutes. So, um, and he's one that shows he can get, like, you know, 10 to 16 minutes and still give you something. So we keep saying <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how Gentry uh, plays this out and, and what their true goal is. I To me, it seems like if we win and, and, and make a play for the 10, cool. But it also very much seems like if they don't, they're not going to – the front office isn't going to lose sleep over it. Right. Yeah, being in a better draft position certainly doesn't hurt. And I, I don't know how much, like, making that 10 seed does, really. Like, I, I think it, it'd right. be a great experience to play in high-pressure games like that that matter be good for Fox, to that extent. Right? Because it'd be really good. Fox and Mitchell, because everybody else at this point, because since the trades, have already experienced playoff basketball. <laughs> so it's not like we have a a team full of guys who don't know the feeling anymore. Um, we have Fox and yeah. Mitchell, who's a second year. So it's, 
to me, it'd be more so, you know, that putting him in that high pressure situation, but I'd also think he'd rather have a better chance at talent. But again, you never know. I mean, well, if he has a player, most of them will always say they want, they want the smoke, right. <laughs> or yeah. they want the fire. And then. And, and um, I think for Darren, a chance to like uh, prove that he can yeah, to shut up the, it. yeah. Shut everybody up and, and play. I mean, the way that he's been playing recently, like these last five games in this one against the bulls, he, was just on fire early, and he ends the game with 33 points, nine assists, six rebounds, two steals. There are five turnovers in there. I want to say two of them came late and were really bad turnovers. Um, but 14 or 26 from the field, two of five from three. The game before, he has um, 20. He has 26 points, three assists, two rebounds, nine of 18 from the field. Before that, 26, four and two on 10 of 21. 27, 3, and 8 on 10 of 20 in the game before that. 29, 6, and 7 on 11 of 22. He scored at least 25 points in six straight games. He's playing really, really good basketball right now. Um, and, and I think that, you know, when it comes to, like, the play-in thing, if he were to really go out there and drop 30 and 5 in a in a high-leverage game and do something like he did in that game against Washington, take over in the fourth quarter, like, I think that would do a lot for... I think just the public's impression of the sure. Aaron Fox. Um, but at the same time, like team building wise, obviously it would mean a lot to end up with a top five pick. And um, it's interesting, you know, like yeah. they can end up with the 10 spot, win the play in and still you're, you're locked into those odds of what they were at the end of the regular season prior to those play in games. So you have like a weird, I guess you could call that a balance there. Um, but Fox has been playing really well. And then I, I want to talk about Sabonis's play since he's joined as well before we kind of get out of here. Um, that first game against Minnesota, obviously, he was great. 22 points, 14 rebounds, and five assists on 10 of 19 from the field. The next one against Washington, you see him do a little bit of everything once again. 16 points, um, seven assists, 11 rebounds. And then against Brooklyn, it was kind of weird. Like Gentry pulled him. Um, the the minute I, I don't think that Gentry managed uh, the rotation very well in Brooklyn. I think he's gotten a lot of slack and deservedly so. And after I kind of asked him about, um, you know, it seems like you're playing Fox and Sabonis together a lot in trying to do that. Um, is that to get them chemistry? Or and he's like, you know, ideally we should have one of those guys on the floor at all times. So I'm like, okay, well, that didn't really happen, but I agree with you. <laughs> um, and yeah, in that Brooklyn game, in only 25 minutes that Sabonis played, he had nine points, two assists, and nine rebounds. And then Sabonis came out post game himself and said that uh, he needs to be better, that he needs to score more often, that that's why the Kings traded for him, and he needs to kind of impose his will a little bit more often. And then he comes out against the Bulls and does that. You know, 22 points, eight assists, and 12 rebounds, two steals in there as well on 10 of 15 from the field. Uh, you mentioned earlier, like, I don't think Vucevic should be able to guard Sabonis, and he really couldn't. I think Sabonis could have even put up more points than he did tonight. Yeah, uh, and and I think that's part of where he said he's still trying to figure this team out. Because when you look at his free throw attempts on average, right, since he's been here, his highest is three, right? He had a 13 <laughs> not that long ago, um, 12, 10, 8, 7. Like, he's not doing the post-ups. It's correct. Um, and... Like I said, he's kind of passing out a lot of it pretty quickly. 
but I also think, like he said, that's him trying to feel these guys out. And so, again, in the long term, I'm not really worried as much um, about that. But I do think that's something um, to keep an eye on. And I'm sure it's being said to him that be more aggressive down there because he has such good hands and and a feel for it when when he's down at the rim. So, um, yeah, I do want him to, you know, be more aggressive in, in that sense because I don't feel like he's put shots up and I'm like, oh, he's not getting the calls. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like they just, he hasn't shot him. So um, I would say for people watching, know that that's usually more part of his game. Um, on average, he is getting um, pretty close to, I want to say seven. Um, I'm just going down at least from this season. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's something I would look up for. So hold on, try. I was trying to go to career to see what is splits per. Yeah, he was averaging five, five point three before he got here. He hasn't had a five yet, so um, hopefully that gets up. <laughs> And I think part of the complication with him posting up is just like the lack of spacing on this team. Um, and I, I think that's obviously the major thing that they'll need to address going into this off season. And I think we'll see that happen. Um, that's kind of the beauty of like, I feel weird, I guess I should walk back. I was going to say the beauty of moving Halliburton be, because obviously that was heartbreaking, I think for every Kings fan involved, but they didn't include any picks is my point here. Yeah. And they still I know what you mean. All yeah. that way, all, all those assets to still go out and make additional moves. Like if you jump into the top four, I honestly like it's a win-win. Like you can keep that pick. And if you feel good about one of those guys that's there, um, adding them to this roster and moving forward with that sort of bright future piece, um, then great. But at the same time, a top four picks holds so much value around the league in the trade market. So I think that um, they're going to be in an interesting situation this offseason. Yep. And I think just to close here, where do you feel like the team has um, just what, what do you feel like is different? What do you what do you expect to kind of be different with the viewing experience based on these games that we've seen over these final? Um, I think it's 21 games left this season. I'm seeing a fight, even if they're not winning. I'm I'm seeing guys that care or out there at least going for it. Um, and as a fan, right, like at the end of the day, I want to be entertained. <laughs> Win or lose, show me you left it all out there and um, I can live with that. Especially knowing that this is not a finished product, right? Like I'm not expecting... I'm not watching the Bulls. I'm not expecting them to win and they're a one seed. Like I, I very much know where we are. And so um, I'm looking forward to seeing how these guys continue to, to gel and mesh and if they, if they can or if they can't. Um, and for the first time, like we always were talking about, you know, what was going to be the big move? What, what we were waiting right now, it happened. Um, and I feel like that's even more pressure on him now to, keep going to complete it. So I'm excited. Like you said, that he has his picks. Um, he still has multiple player assets, right. That 
um, that he can move. And so I'm excited to see these guys, you know, fight the last 21 games and, and see, see what happens. Um, Cause again, we know players are going out there to win. So if, if they can pull it off, kudos to them. And if not, like we said, hopefully <laughs> um, the odds are in our favor. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. I, I think that uh, that seeing that fight and yeah, we've heard that like there's just we got Justin Holiday post game today and he's talking about again doubling down on this being such a high IQ team and that's just so freaking weird to hear <laughs> after what was like a week ago. Um, but you can see it and I think that um, yeah, it's apparent on the floor that they're communicating well. That you have a bunch of high IQ guys that are out there. I think that once they get a little bit of a, a familiar a familiarity. I always struggle with this word um, alongside each other that there won't be as many of these drop passes because you're not expecting it. Like I think Metsu, Harkless, still kind of even DiVincenzo getting used to these um, bullet bounce passes from Sabonis and just capitalizing on these backdoor cuts more often and such. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that for me, rest of the year, it's like, how much better can this team be defensively and how often can they do that consistently? Like you said earlier, um, the two man game of Fox and Sabonis. And I, I think we've seen Fox be optimized, but at the same time, optimizing Sabonis um, in the same games is going to be interesting. And how can they work in those post-ups? Um, and yeah, do we see any of Trey Lyles or, Josh Jackson and Jeremy Lamb. Like, I don't care all too much for any of those guys, to be honest, but you don't know. Um, I, I think that they all could be something. So I, I think it'll be interesting to see as the year goes on. And of course, any sort of development from um, Dante DiVincenzo, Davion Mitchell, like the guys that you also expect to be here long-term is, is going to be something to keep an eye on. But if nothing else, like I'm excited to watch the rest of this season. Yeah. And I'm excited to see how Dante does right for the rest of the season. Cause we know, like he said, we know he's not a hundred percent. And at this point I wouldn't right expect him to be, um, but to see if he can find that rhythm, but you can, we can see it then. And we can see it now of why Monty had targeted that piece as the bogey, like replacement, right. At, at the time. Um, so I'm excited to see if if he can find his three point shot again, because um, when it goes in, it looks really pretty. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and and he what sucks is he was doing it before he got hurt, and that's that's the hard thing. And so, um, I I hope you know he's young, you know, I, you hope he can get it back. But those Villanova players, it's you usually bet on them. So <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and you can see the defense is still there and that's half the battle for me. So the rest of it, I think will come. Totally. Yeah. I think that, you know, it's too small for me to like have pulled the numbers right now of a sample size since he came to Sacramento, but the off the catch threes feel really good. Um, the off the dribble right now a little much, but also if he starts converting those at a good rate, like the ceiling of this player becomes way more than I think that it's currently projected to be right now. So I certainly don't mind it. Um, I think it just might need to be reined in a little bit. And yeah, yeah just he, he's still coming back from this injury. So I think that uh, how he plays out the rest of this year is going to be really interesting for what it looks like in restricted free agency for him. They seem to be getting him at the time for the best value. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out. Um, but yeah, I mean, compared to the Pacers with um, 
was it Jalen Smith right now where he's just right. going off? Um, and now they're worried if they will be able to pay him because the Suns didn't pick up his his option. So you have that Harry Giles situation, but this guy doesn't have injury history or anything like that, and it's just going off. So um, that's a name that will be interesting too if he can keep showing that. That's that's a team even the Kings could be looking at <laughs> as yeah. as a stretch guy. So yeah, it's there's there's a lot of time to to see what what these guys have definitely um we'll have to see and we do get a little bit of entertainment during this uh all-star break davion mitchell is going to be part of the rising stars challenge alvin gentry said that he doesn't think the whole uh hand thing is going to hold him out of any sort of all-star festivities um, yeah, they announced him as a replacement for Duarte today too. For yeah, for some other rookie thing that I honestly yeah. don't know. I didn't. What I had never heard of it is right now. Yeah. Sean Cunningham has it on Twitter. I know that. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Just kind of wanted to do a little bit of a rundown of what we've seen that's been new. Um, and it's small sample size. There's still more games to be played, but um, there's new things to look out for, which I think is exciting. Um, can't say thanks enough, Jill, for having you on. It's always good talking with you. Anybody not following Jill, it's at Jill Adge on Twitter, which I'm sure everybody listening already is, but I have to throw it out there. Um, podcast is Ethos Kings. Um, anything else I'm missing, Jill? Nope, that's it. No, thank you again for having me on. It's always fun. Yeah, always great having you on. Um, and anybody listening, definitely go check out the Kings Herald. They just, just dropped their Fox and Ox merch, which I think looks pretty damn good. Um, a lot of people drop in Fox and Ox merch. I think the King's Herald one is the best. Not that the other ones aren't good, but, you know, of course I'm going to say this. Um, take a look at the Patreon to support local independent King's coverage and all the great work going on from the guys and gals there, myself included, um, consistently as this year continues. And if you enjoyed this episode of the King's Pulse podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. And you hear from us again in the next couple of days.